everyone. Welcome to Miles Covered, a podcast about road construction for road construction people. My name is Royal Marty, and I'm your host. In today's episode, we're joined by Patrick Zellner. Patrick Zellner works for the city of Renton and is the street and solid waste manager. Patrick's been with the city of Renton for over 30 years, so he's seen the city of Renton go through some major changes. And before he worked in the city of Renton, he worked in a couple different areas, including being in the military. So Patrick has a wide variety of experience and, and quite a bit of history and just tribal knowledge. So it's very enlightening to hear him talk and hear what he thinks are the biggest struggles in the industry, what he does to mitigate those struggles and where he thinks the industry is going. So without further ado, Let's get into the interview with Patrick. All right. So, Patrick, thanks for having uh, or thanks for being on the show today. Um, as a way of getting started, if you can tell me a little bit about you and, and, and who you are. <clears throat> My name is Patrick Zellner. I'm currently the manager for City Renton Street Maintenance. I've been with the City of Renton for 33 and a half years. And uh, before the city, I was in uh, outside construction and down in the Phoenix area. So I dealt with a lot of caliche soils in the Phoenix and Arizona area, um, where I first started hearing about some of the enzymes and different products trying to fortify our bases. Um, before that, I was in the Air Force and uh, dealt a lot back then with uh, shoulder stabilization, runway stabilization. So even back then, uh, there were products out there looking at what do we do to stabilize soils material to keep it from moving, keep it in place, or to help it shed water. And, um, and then I was also I was stationed in South Korea for a year. Uh, my job there was runways, and we had major areas under taxiways that we rebuilt that were nothing but clay, where the clay over there is 20, 30, 40 feet deep in places. And it was quite a challenge to build taxiways on top of basically marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> back, back then, the, the only option we had was to try and mix and add in cement into that base just to try and get it to tighten up enough where you could actually build on it. Um, so, uh, as I've moved forward in my career being in street maintenance, came here in 86 and have done a lot of experimentation. Um, I'm all about experimenting and trying to figure out what other tool is there. No toolbox we have has all the tools in it. And so I'm, I've constantly looked for what are the options out there for products. Um, at one point uh, we started looking more at FDR full depth reclamation plus yeah with uh and and the first thing that I found was you know going back to mixing cement base in with it and and then um found the enzymes and was approached uh kind of through asphalt zipper could we help with doing a side by side test and so so went ahead and did that we did a side by side test of an area that was Pretty bad base, very old neighborhood. Uh, probably the pavement had been uh, at one point a gravel road, then it was a chip seal, and then it was overlaid uh, with asphalt. And 
but it was still failing. And so we got down into the base. It had not a lot of clay, but there was a, a quite a bit of clay, another area that had springs flowing through it. And so I did a side-by-side. -side. Half of the road was uh, FDR with enzyme, and the other side was full-depth reclamation and then mixing cement and in with it, Portland cement in with it. Yeah. Um, both held up really well. I think the cost difference, you know, weighed heavier to the enzyme side. Right. Um, cement to mix it in that much uh, was not necessarily cost prohibitive, but it was definitely a lot harder to mix. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's easy to, to apply a a uh, a liquid back into a base right. and then remix roll and uh, with with cement base. What I found is you get a lot of micro cracking um, as it's setting up. If you're not really careful, once it's set and you get on it again, you do get that cracking. And I'm I'm not really sure, Royal, about how you know once the enzymes have set and you got your compaction on it, how much that that micro cracking affects, or even if it occurs in it. It yeah. seems like it is more plastic than than the cement. So um, I don't know uh, about that part of it myself. Yeah. But I do know that they, in spite of the micro cracking there, they both have held up. And that was, I believe, about 15 years ago, 14, 15 years ago that we did that. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was less than that. I don't know time slipping by, but. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so. But the thing is, I'm, I'm still very, I'm still very interested in new ideas, new methods of, of stabilizing some of these roads that we've got. Um, our budgets are so tight yeah. and finding the best product, just going in and doing a full gut, um, rebuild and repair, not really doing a lot to repair base. And, and I think that every road, the base, that's why you call it the base. It's what everything is built yeah. off of. And it, to me, it is the most important thing, you know, smooth grade, um, equal grade, no highs, no lows. Um, you know, the, the, the finer aspects of the process yeah. of ro road building to our, to our asphalt pave. Yeah. So, so. In, in this, in the, the test that you were just talking about, did you use uh, powder cement or did you use a slurry? We use powder. Use powder, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So, and, the, and I know, have, like, I have seen that 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 they that they've had greater success trying to do a slurry. Um, the, the equipment cleanup on that is pretty intense. Yeah. And you know, anytime you're you're going ahead and adding water to a a dry cement and mixing it, you know, if if you unless you plan it really really well and you don't have any extra, you don't have a problem. Right. But then you have if there if there is extra. Um, you got to get rid of it and you know, it's just one more cost, I think. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. And like, you know, I think it's, uh, you've got a wide variety of, uh, of experience, right. Going back to Korea and then you were in, uh, just outside of Phoenix. And so that's the desert. And then you work your way up to Washington. So these are all very different kind of uh, terrains and, and soils and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> how, like when you were talking about the, the career project or the career runway that, um, 
that you that you helped build. How much were you? What was the depth you were treating with cement on for those runways? Do you remember? It kind of varied. Um, it was it was actually taxiways where jet fighters would park. They had old triple uh, R rapid runway repair panels. I don't know if you remember what those panels look like. They snap block together. Okay. And they have a whole bunch of about two inch holes all over them. Yeah. Um, that's what they were parking on. So when we went into that area, those spanned and floated those soft areas pretty well. Those, uh, you know, jets are really heavy. Right. Um, <laughs> but there, so there was a lot of areas that were deflection, but they would move them the planes randomly around on it to try and equal it out. Oh, you know? right. <laughs> but, but so when we went into it, we literally there dug, I think we, the, the deepest hole we dug was about six feet and it was still clay. And at that point, um, at six feet right there, um, we started hitting uh, indications of water, water table. Yep. And so all we could do, well, we started off by putting oversized rock uh crushed concrete um anything to try and fill those areas and then when we were weren't really getting a lot of good action out of that um then we started uh service mixing um, about six inches deep and all we could do was spread dry cement uh, blade it roll it try and roll it mix it as well as you could which when you're dealing with a soft base and a blade or yep. scrapers um and trying to either paddle mix or, or roll over. It was just, it was a challenge. Um, we got, finally got it to stabilize enough that we were, we were able to put, um, con- you know, pour concrete over the top of it. And I assume they held up well. Uh, a guy came to work for us uh, many years ago that had been at the same base I was actually ended up tearing out some of the things that we had built when we were there. Yeah. Um, I was there in 283 or excuse me, 83, 84. And he didn't say it cause he didn't know anything about, so I assume everything held up well. Right. Um, but, and, and taxiways are 10 inches thick and they're, they're keyed, keyed joints. Okay. But, but you know, uh, it worked out well. I mean, it's a large area. We were, yeah. uh, I think we're about uh, right at a hundred by about four hundred on the one taxiway, A diamond or C diamond, C diamond, and uh, so it would be interesting to go back and see. But right. like I say, you know, I, I just you just kind of assume you know we were able to span everything and keep it together. Exactly. It's like at this point, like like you said, you know, no news is good news, I guess, right? Of like it's probably held up just fine yeah. for them and. But the interesting thing about Korea was it gets very cold there. Yeah. When I was there with windshield, it was 40 below for months. And um, it was, uh, the, the, what I was going to say is the the clay freezes down, you know, six, eight feet. Right. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. 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 And that's a, you know, that's uh and that can sometimes be a challenge for some of the concrete treated as well. It's like just going through the freeze thaw conditions and stuff like that too, of like, how do you, yeah. how do you mitigate all of that and handle all of that? So, yeah. Well, well even there in Korea, our, uh, our BX was built in that types of soil and they actually built kind of like umbrella uh, forms. Um, I think the, the panels were 
20 by 20. And so they were basically hollow inside. And so they basically act like a cup over the top. The idea was to try and float it. Okay. But yeah. It was constantly sinking. And, and that was one thing that I was told that they finally had to tear that down and they built another one someplace else or something because it was, it continued to sink. It just kept sinking. So, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So I'm, just, then, I'm just glad we don't have any clays like that here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then in, uh, so after you retired, um, you made your way to, to Arizona, to Phoenix. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. And then how long yep. were you in, uh, in Phoenix? Well, I got out in August 84 and worked, there uh running blade and scraper and then paving uh, a little bit of concrete work and i left there in uh about october of 86 so i was there just you know almost two years i think yeah how was it how was it how was the adjustment of going from uh military construction and you know military work to a to civilian construction was there was there a big uh challenge Quite a challenge. I think the self-discipline that goes along with the military is a really good thing for for a young man with a lot of energy and yeah. <laughs> uh, wants to share his skills and you know and try and be somebody. And uh, and and it was pretty tough. Um, work ethics are different, uh, sense of duty, things like that. Yeah. You know? But um, no, I I. You know, when I when I left Arizona and came here to Renton, um, it was a really hard transition. But seeing how things were and the way uh, maintenance was thought of, I didn't think I was going to last. Uh, fortunately, I became a lead here within seven months of being here and was able to start telling them, Hey, we can do this work. Yeah. And basically help build our crews to where they are now where, you know, um, for a, for a, for a city crew, um, our average is, you know, probably no less than 60 ton a day. Uh, like yesterday the guys did, I think he said it was about 114 ton. Wow. Um, that That's a lot for a city crew. But there again, that's the asphalt zipper, which a little commercial for asphalt zipper. What a phenomenal machine. You know, we've got tilt, you know, both two-way side or a two-way tilt angle, as well as side shift on that machine. And, um, and as well as the hydraulic actuated regrind box in it. So we're able to pulverize our asphalt really well. And it's yeah. almost reusable as it is. And, but it's also, you know, we use it for mixing. So when I'm able to mix base or, or even mix our wrap in with a base, just doing that helps in some of our areas. Yeah. So, but having something like, you know, either enzyme or cement, um, as far as fortifying, enhancing our base, um, again, it's just another tool in our toolbox and when to use it and how to use it. Absolutely. So then after you left, uh, you left Arizona, did the job take you to Renton or, or something else? Well, uh, kind of a, I grew up in Arizona. Yeah. I, I love Arizona. It's a good place to be from far from <laughs> in the summer. And, uh, 
being mostly on the paving crew and even the dirt crew is just so hot down there. It's also yeah. a right to work state. So unless you get in with a union, um, it's a pretty tough place to compete um, and find the right job, even get in with the right contractors is tough. Um, I, I was happy to leave Arizona <laughs> and ha- happy to, to hear. I mean, I love this area. Um, I hate the traffic, but, um, but yeah. then Washington is, is beautiful and don't necessarily always agree with politics, but, um, that's the way life is. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, we're, we're in Vegas, so we have a similar climate to Phoenix, but Phoenix gets Phoenix on is on average about five degrees warmer than we are. And I could not imagine yeah. that some days, you know, the days we're getting up to 115, 120 Phoenix is, Phoenix is uh, hotter right. than we are. And you're like, whew, that gets, yeah. that gets toasty. <laughs> so I, I can yeah. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what does your, your current job is your, you oversee the, the street and, and waste maintenance. Um, what does your yep. like day-to-day uh, kind of job and duties look like? Well, for right right now, um, as the manager, I, I see myself as kind of the big picture kind of person. I'm trying to see a little further out and, you know, the the higher altitude vision of things, um, trying to look long-term, long-range at, you know, how do we continue our maintenance? How do we, you know, how do we show... Uh, our council and mayor, our administrators, the budget that we need in order to get our, our OCI rating. OCI rating is overall condition index. Some okay. people um, call it as a, you know, it's basically our, our pavement rating index. Um, what, what condition our road is in compared to the next road. And right now, um, I mean, our, our commitment to the city has been to try and maintain a, at least a 70 and we're way under 70 and it's concerning, but a lot of it has to do with areas that we've annexed from the County. They're ah. substandard. They, a lot of those, a lot of the roads that we annex into be, to become the city were chip seal roads, uh, chip seal roads historically were, not bad, but when they maintained them, it was difficult. Once they were overlaid, um, at least once, um, you see, you see a lot of allegation, a lot of failure areas, right. just because back in the day they didn't really build base. All they did was they blade something out with native and then chip seal it, you know, yep. spread rock on it and chip seal it. Um, and that's not exactly doesn't make for a healthy road in my opinion. But uh, so what I do now. Um, still is, uh, I oversee the, the street crew, um, the supervisor is basically in charge of the guys in the operation. Um, I field a lot of phone calls and emails and questions and concerns. Um, our maintenance crews do everything from the paving to our concrete work to right away mowing, uh, vegetation spraying, sweeping, um, winter, we do all of the winter ops. Yeah. Um, which again, you know, we've, we've gone heavy to chemical. Uh, we're not chemical, but, uh, uh, we use magnesium chloride and salt 
Yeah. Um, I keep trying to reduce the amount of sand we put down. I don't want it filling up our storm drain system and um, the sand grit. It helps a little bit, but I, I want to bust the stuff up. Yeah, get it out so, of there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's again, it's another one of those tools. You know. Yeah. It, you know, every tool isn't optimal for every situation, so you got to have a lot of different tools. Yeah. And you got to keep them shiny. If you just leave that tool sitting in your toolbox. Eventually, it's going to get rusty. Exactly. So you exactly. Got to take out, sharpen it and clean it. Yep. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. But, absolutely. Um, and then I also manage our solid waste guys, which they're the the people that go and pick up all the trash that's on the shoulders in the public right away dump sites. Um, we're also tasked with uh, picking up shopping carts and getting them out of the public right aways and. Um, we do. We also, and the good, you know, one of the best parts I think is, um, we do a lot of events for the city. Uh, I like to get the guys out to show off their vehicles and for the public to see who they are. We do oh, that's a, cool. Uh, right now, we do about four or five kids events, which um, the guys absolutely love. Yeah, and it's so good for the kids. I, I relate it back to me as a young man, um, sitting on the corner watching the guys start to develop the field across the street. Um, yeah. First it was, it was weeds and then it was dirt and then it became dirt piles. Then it was holes in the ground and then utilities went in and then streets went in and then houses started being built. And my mom always told me, so, so I don't remember, she, but she tells me that uh, you stay away from over there. Well, she'd always catch me over eating lunch with the guys and I, yes. I had my own heart <laughs> hat. And so, but I'm sure that's where my love for yeah. not, not only construction from dirt up um, has been. I, yeah. I see myself as a jack of all trades and a master of some. And my dad was a master of none. And I always said, I want to be a master of some trades. And so I've worked hard at that. And I like the idea of, of knowing a lot about a lot of things. Because so many things kind of key back into other things. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a that's yep. an interesting idea that you guys do with uh, with the citizens and the kids and stuff. Because I think you know, I mean, just like just like you were saying, uh, I have, I mean, what little boy doesn't like you know big trucks and big equipments and big, big equipment and, and, stuff and like little that. girls. Yeah, right. And I mean, I remember my uh, my mom used to wake me up in the morning um, so I could watch the garbage truck come and stuff like that. And they would wave to me from you yeah. know, vivid memories of them waving to me from the um, you know from my bedroom and stuff like that. And I think you know, I think that that yep. definitely helps instill um, instill those those types of interests and and stuff like that. Well, and and those are going to be our next workers. And you know, if if a child isn't exposed to something, they're not going to know anything about it. You no. know, and they may not even have a curiosity about it. So that's me. I, you know, I've seen and done so many things in my life that I've always been curious and I want to create that curiosity, whether it's in my own crew or the workers of the future. Yeah. Uh, but I think everybody should have that little spark that starts some kind of fire in them. I think it's our job as professionals to pass that on and, and take our, what, what it is we know, what we have proven to ourselves, um, what works out there and what are options and, and pass it on. You know, yeah. I, I was taught at a young age, young age that, 
Uh, life is a domino effect. Everything that we do affects somebody else um, in some way. If we make that a positive, and then, then we are well. doing the right things. Absolutely, yeah. I, think so, I, I agree with that 100%. How often I don't mean do you to guys... get all philosophical on you. Anyways, but... <laughs> all right. How often do you guys do uh, do those events? I think you said every like you, like every yeah, quarter. Right now, I've, right now, I think I've got four or five different events. Um, we've got one coming up that's also going to be a virtual. Um, it's a story time with the library system. Yeah. And I think we're in our third or fourth year. And the kids absolutely love this. Um, we actually, one of the guys or, or myself or somebody from the cruise will, will read the story about construction. And then we bring uh, everything from the grader to a loader, a dump trucks to a sweeper, a, a vaxxer yeah. truck, the camera truck. So we take all that stuff and it becomes kind of a show and tell um, as well as the story time. And, you know, we set up traffic just like it's a, a work zone and explain the signage and the cones to the kids and, you know, and they ask some great questions yeah. you know? <laughs> and what they really want to do is they want to get up in that operator seat and honk the horn. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And like you said, I, I bet the, I bet the, the crew enjoys it too, right? I mean, the crew probably takes a lot of pride. Absolutely. The, 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 the guys always come back with the biggest smiles on their face, you know? Yeah. But like I said, with, with presenting our passion to kids, you're kind of giving them that spark. And I, and I always hope that that spark creates a fire of desire in somebody. Um, if anything, curiosity. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's something that, that we're, we're, I think we should all be obligated to give back. Yep. Um, I, I feel very fortunate in my life coming from where I've come in the, you know, middle of nowhere and nothing. To where I am, you know, it, it takes a lot of work, but I feel very honored that people have shared with me. And, you know, I, I've stolen a lot of things from people that didn't want to teach me anything. Yeah. You know, that's just watching. That's my curiosity. I want to be as good or better than you. And that's been my mantra all my life, you know, but yeah. And just yeah. You know, and reciprocate that and pass that on and, and stuff like that. I think that's, that's a good point. And, you know, and, and, you know, I talked to a lot of people in the, in the industry that have big troubles finding help, you know, finding, finding, uh, finding help to fill the positions and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, um, a working and getting with the the little kids is not going to solve that that problem today but you know if we don't if we don't yeah. solve that problem if we don't work on solving that problem then it's only going to get worse and so i think that that's a yeah big, well that is one of the things that i mean not only us but across the industry i know people from all over the state and country and we're all having that problem finding talented people with construction background you were at the point of asking people you know I want at least two asphalt, concrete, yeah, or heavy equipment or trucks. Yeah. You know, or CD and CDL and, uh, and all of those to get people that have, you know, a good solid construction background, um, or just asphalt or just concrete work or just heavy equipment, or they have a CDL, but you know, you still run into, uh, I, I feel fortunate that, you know, the military, it's a structured, training that you go through and really we don't really have anything like that that's easily brought and taught 
to guys, right? Um, gals, whatever, to to learn the basics, the basic principles of construction. You know, I, I try and teach all the time: rip water and compact. That's how you build base. And you know, to to see people building roads without putting water in them before they're rolling, you know, trying to compact dry material. Yeah. Don't work. Right. That's not going to work. That's not going to go anywhere for you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you, you've been at the city of Renton for, for quite a while now. What's the, some of the biggest struggles that, that you, you guys consistently face? That I what? Uh, what are some of the Sorry. biggest, what are some of the biggest struggles that you guys consistently face at city, uh, at the city of Renton? Well, really is our OCI rating, um, trying to bring all of our roads up to a reasonable standard, a reasonable standard being, you know, once a brand new asphalt road is constructed, you should have at least 15 years of really good life, you know, before you need a lot of maintenance on it. You know, the more cuts you get into a road, obviously the more maintenance you get, but it also takes your OCI rating down. So the, just trying to get a grasp on holding the line, having the right budget, the right crews, the right time. Yeah. You know, we struggle with weather here. Um, you know, we struggle with rain. And um, so that makes it a challenge, you know, for our paving and our concrete work as well. Um, but really our greatest challenge is just keeping up and then what we just talked about finding people with talent that they can either come in with basic skills and then come in and help us succeed or you know we're, we're struggling with that yeah you know it takes a long time to get people up to speed and you know with, with this type of work um you know this is the hardest working crew in my city and in most cities and for the amount of work that we do, um, you know, it, it's a tough one when, when you, when you seems like you're constantly training, constantly hiring and rehiring. Um, in the last three years I have hired and rehired, uh, I believe 14 positions had to let two people go. So I think about 16 different people over the last three years of an 18 man crew. Wow. That doesn't include, that doesn't include my leads, but, yeah. uh, but just the, the base crew, um, that's hard. It is. And the talent that's there, you know, a lot of guys have truck driver experience, maybe a little bit of, uh, equipment, a little bit of concrete, you know, a little bit of asphalt, but getting everybody up to the point where I'm happy with the work. And, and it's not that I'm overly critical, it's just that I, I believe greatly that we have to do proper construction procedures. And I like a nice, smooth patch. <laughs> I don't want bumps and dips. And I know how to do that. And I know it's possible. But it takes an eye and it takes that extra effort uh, to ensure that you're getting that ride. Ride is important Yeah. to our, to our roads. Yeah, that's that's so the the people that you've lost is it, are they just going to more private construction or generally and I get teased all the time generally they go to the water department or the sewer department okay. or service water um and then 
Uh, part of my budget was taken away a couple of years ago and given to uh, service water because they were uh, kind of mandated to take over maintenance of all of the ponds that were built in these HOAs. And the HOAs uh, decided that it was too much for them to take care of. And uh, they push, push, push. And then finally the city caved. And so now the, their guys have to maintain all of these ponds. And this is Washington State, the Seattle area, and it rains. Yeah. And so we have a, you know, every major neighborhood and even the smaller neighbors have their own pond decant you know retention detention all of this so now so they took my money for my vegetation control gave it to them and then they hired i did most of my work with uh three part-time employees and kept up but gave my money to them now they do it with full-time employees and they're not keeping up so that, that is one of my strengths but yeah. I have to let it go. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but, that's, that's gotta be hard to, to have that kind of high of a turnover. Cause just, you know, it, it takes, it takes almost six months usually uh, to, get, to get people kind of in the swing of things and stuff like that. And then if you're in the yeah. even shortly after. Well, and, and, to, and to go through all the training and actually help people get, you know, we, we have uh, created our own trainers for CDL. And so, we train them, get their CDL, and then, you know, within a year or so, because um, it it's hard work. Yeah. And then they go to these other crews, and they've got it, you got a lot easier. Right. Yeah. Right. So, it's unfortunate, but, you know, I hire good guys in the first place, so um, good on them for getting good guys for me. <laughs> exactly. There you go. You're doing the work for the other people, too. Did I say that right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So what are the, some of the changes and stuff that you guys have had to make or you guys have made over at, at the city of Renton over the years? I know um, you and I have discussed in, in uh, at, to some extent, like you guys using more of the rap and stuff like that. Um, how have, what are some of those changes that you guys have made to a save some money, save some time and, and all of that kind of stuff. Well, well, well in the first place, when I first came here, uh, this crew was 13 people, I think. And to do eight ton of asphalt in a day was a big deal to them. Yeah. And they would be pissed off once I became a lead and we started bumping up how much we were doing. Um, I mean, I'd send the saw cutters out uh, a week ahead of us and then we'd catch up with them, you know, and the guys would just get pissed off. But once I got the guys trained, it became easier and easier for us to do the work um, and find that happy medium where you're not killing people, but you're getting a lot done. And then we found asphalt zipper and we did a demo and then um, purchased asphalt zipper. Um, I took that thing and got it to where, you know, our, like I said, in, in the beginning, that three foot zipper, our average, was you know 60 plus ton a day um sometimes 70 sometimes 80 but taking it to that next level um we did well for a lot of years with that and then went to the four foot zipper and that took us to a whole nother level yeah and um and now you know what i think it's two years ago now we got the brand new hot rod and that's just taken that that's a whole nother i actually my body wasn't so broken. 
Um, I would, I wish <laughs> I was on the cruise still to be able to show the guys how to do some of this stuff. My hands are kind of tight as far as being able to actually get out and do the work with wow. them anymore. Um, cause management and labor and union and stuff, but, um, but I still get out and, and I, I'm, I'm still teaching and trying to help people understand the importance of proper procedure and material and, and thought. But, uh, what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some of the changes that you guys have made over, over oh, the changes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, having become a lead, I was able to make suggestions. Um, at one point I was given permission to experiment and I did a lot of experimenting, uh, built a lot of things myself to try and make things easier and safer for us to do our work, to be able to be more mobile. Um, and, uh, but but the the changes from where we were when I first got here, it's night and day. Yeah. If things had kept on the way they were when I first got here, I, I wouldn't be here. If I hadn't been able to be a part, um, I'm honored to be a part of it. And, you know, unfortunately for the guys behind me, um, kind of set the standard. Yeah. And, <laughs> But, but we have industry standards that we have to get by. And that's part of the problem I see across industry is, is the training part of that. We have a lot of seminars in here and this and that. But as far as like a formalized training on basic road construction, there really isn't a lot out there. Right. Um, and hands on. And actually then, you know, getting guys to be able to put all the concepts together and and use it, use the tools and, and make and build really good base and, and roads. So the challenges, uh, more challenges were, you know, the winter operations. Um, when I first came here, all they did was sand, 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 everywhere was sand. So yeah. when you've got, you know, potentially three to four months of freezing or snow, um, rant off and on, and you never know, it's kind of hit and miss here. You know, right. get a lot of cold weather, a lot of temps, a lot of freezing, snow here, a couple of weeks later, snow, you know. Um, I did so much experimentation with all of the different products out there for de-icing and i-icing, which is how I got to mag chloride. And um, it served us very well. We Several years ago, city of Seattle, we had a pretty nasty snowstorm. See, that winter, city of Seattle got an F. And I think a lot of people in their transportation got fired. Um, we got an A that wow, year. Wow, that's um, great. And I think that was the second year we had done uh, freeze guard uh, mag chloride. The mag, And yeah. still to this day, people after winter will call and they'll they'll talk about something else. And they'll say, oh, by the way, I can really tell when I get in to Renton because the streets look really good. They'd, yeah, that's so, a great compliment, but that, right? that's, yeah, and that, but that's the level of effort, and I'm able to do a lot of training with the guys, especially the new guys, on the hows and whats and whys of using the products. Yeah. And, you know, and way back then, too, with all the sand that went down, we had several main arterials that would flood, flood, flood. When the heavy rain season, they would flood. Right. So a lot of those areas, those pipes might have had two or three inches left in the tops of those pipes that wasn't just filled with sand and material and the natural silts and the natural road debris. Yeah. But so, so now that, that that's no longer a concern. Um, I have a two week commitment, any sand that we put down, uh, within two weeks, 
we will have it swept up. That's great. And yeah, but, it, but it, it's 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 necessary that we have those guarantees for different work groups and relationships because one affects the other. Right. You said expectations and all of that. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think, think of what is... other changes. Oh, go ahead. It, yeah, I should say I think this is this has been great. You know, I think there's been uh, there's been a lot of interesting things to to hear but hear that you guys are doing, and you know, and obviously one of the bigger ones that we talked about was um, the kind of the getting the community and the children involved and stuff. And I think that's that's very unique and very uh, very good. And I, I think that there's a lot of takeaways from this conversation for many people. So so I, I appreciate your time and. Well, and I do want to say one other thing too. I mean, if you got the time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been a member of APWA for a lot of years, and at one point, uh, a bunch of us in the area, other cities, we were just having uh, little meetings around. So I was talking about our maintenance procedures, and um, I would offer training to other cities um, to come and we'll teach you how to pave. You know, if you if you want. Um, learn more about concrete or ADA wheelchair ramps, um, willing, you know, send your guys and they can work right alongside with our guys. And we did that for quite a while. Well, then APWA saw what we were doing and they invited us into the state chapter as operation maintenance and asked us what we could bring. And that's when we brought the heavy equipment rodeo back to the state of Washington. Oh. And so we've been doing it for 12 years now, I think 11, 12 years. And, and now the national is also, um, has started the, the the national heavy equipment rodeo um, in spite of the one they do in Colorado, which kind of is a spinoff of what it used to be. Um, but now uh, APW itself is is doing them, and I'm, I'm actually on that committee too. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, but the, the recognition of our maintenance workers, I think, is really important. Um, our guys are emergency first responders. We're usually often the first ones in, and the last one's out. We got to clean up the mess. We got to try and make it so people can drive through and get to where they're going. So um, my hats off and my kudos to all the maintenance workers out there. They risk their life on a daily basis. I'm working right next to traffic. Uh, the Absolutely. infrastructure that our guys take care of is not done by little magic overnight. By um, robots or anything like that. Actually, right. That's actually, that's actually physical work that goes on by individuals they're out there trying to make sure that our communities have good infrastructure and that when things do go bad that it's taken care of as quickly as possible so my hat's off to yeah. all maintenance workers and yes i have hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely i think you know i say it a lot that we uh here in the u.s uh we take our our infrastructure for granted and um you know i mm -hmm. think a lot of people don't understand the amount of work, the amount of effort and energy that goes into, you know, just, uh, just repaving a road, you know? Um, but there's a lot of work that goes into it and let alone building a whole new road and doing all the winter maintenance and stuff like that. So, so that's, it's a very, uh, good point to bring up. Yeah. Well, on the other side of that is, you know, even all the way down to, um, engineering and contractors and, the roads being built if they're not built correctly or something was missed in an inspection or whatever um once that is bonded out and it goes back to the municipality county state wh whoever owns the road um if it's not built right in the first place 
it's nothing but problems. Right. And so, you know, the, the industry is working hard also at ensuring that contractors are building, that they have the right tools to build correct infrastructure, you know, and so, you know, again, it's a hard job and there's so much to it and budgets are tight. Yeah. And so everything that we do to simplify it, um, kind of ease the cost a little bit and, and give us those roads that are sustainable. It's so important. Um, you know, and it's frustrating to see me entities that do a mill and fill. Um, right. Whereas all they're doing is they're grinding two inches off of an arterial and they're putting it right back. So all of those alligated failure areas, all those, that patching, those cracks, um, failure areas around the manholes, catch basins, all of that that is there, you've done nothing but put two inches over the top of it that is going to reflect. It's going to come right back through um, in a year, two years, maybe three years at the max, but it's coming back. Yeah. So if we're not doing those proper maintenance procedures um, and repair, then I think we've failed our job. Yeah, you just put a band. That's all on. I got to say about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Am I preaching? Yeah. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. I got a lot of opinions, Royal. <laughs> what you ask for, brother? Right. Exactly. That's all right. It's been good. I think. It, I, I think this has been a. This has been a great. Uh, great conversation. Great to. Great to hear your side of things and your input on everything. And uh, I think. Uh, I think there will be a lot of interesting things that people take away from. So. Thank you.